0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LeBurge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: This is a special Mornings with Carmen for this Friday before Christmas. I'm Paul Perot, and over the next two hours, we hope you enjoy a time with Carmen of Lessons and Carols for this Christmas season. This hour, let's reflect on the arrows in the Old Testament pointing to the promise of Jesus coming.
0: What a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for this time together. We are celebrating the advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it just occurs to me that, you know, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, God has promised Christ. Like, there is this language, even as early as Genesis chapter 3. First presentation of the Gospels, the way some people would talk about it, or the Messianic intent would be other language. And so if you were to read Genesis chapters 1 through 3 in context. You're going to see all of this anticipatory expectation where God has created this goodness and this joy and this life together in the garden. And then yes, we have the experience of the fall into sin. But then, but then we have the promise of a seed. We have the promise of a seed. We have the promise of the gospel. The New Testament presents Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah, the fulfillment of the prophecies of old. And so let's talk today about the way that Jesus fulfills the promises of the Old Testament. We certainly won't cover them all. There's hundreds of them, but we have time this morning to cover a handful. I promise you it will be a great encouragement to discover or even remember again through songs and through biblical texts who Jesus is and the promise of God he came to fulfill. So, Merry Christmas on this Christmas Eve. Let's dig into the Word of God together. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Sing
2: we the song of Emmanuel, this the Christ who was long foretold. low in the shadows of Bethlehem, promise of dawn our eyes behold. God most high in a manger lake. Lift your voices and now proclaim Great and glorious love has come to us Join now with the host of death Say the song. Shall Your heads, for your King has come. Sing for the light overwhelms the
3: dark. Glory shining.
0: So when we look at the places in the Old Testament where we see these, Paul, um, my producer, likes to call them arrows, arrows that point to the incarnation, key Old Testament prophecies that point to the coming or the advent of Jesus the Christ. And so we're going to look at some of these arrows today, and I'm going to pick an arrow out of Ezekiel chapter 37. So I might not pick all of the passages today that you might choose. There might be some that I select and I, we turn over in our in our mind and in our conversation and you say, Hmm, I had never thought of that, or haven't thought about that one in that way, or I didn't know that was in Ezekiel. So this is coming from Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, uh beginning at verse twenty-four. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgment, and observe my statutes and do them. I want you to consider what it looks like for Jesus to be our shepherd. You certainly know the text where Jesus claims to be the good shepherd and um, what it means for him to come as the one uh, who was going to protect and defend. What does a good shepherd do? I want you to think about that for a moment. What is another passage maybe from the Old Testament where it talks about uh, the good shepherd? You probably know that from the book of Psalms. We're going to talk about some psalms this morning as well. What does it look like um, for Jesus to shepherd our hearts? He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but he's also the good shepherd. And he comes after us as lost sheep, and he tends to us. He provides for us. He seeks us out when we are lost and brings us to himself. He
3: shall feed his flock like a shepherd.
0: Another passage comes from Hosea chapter 11, actually the very first verse. It says, "When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son." Now, in its original context, certainly this text from Hosea referred to the deliverance of the people of Israel from the bondage they experienced in Egypt. You know those stories of God's deliverance of the of the Hebrews, of the Israelites from Egypt. You know about the plagues, you know about the Passover. And now in Jesus Christ, you know about the Passover lamb. The Gospel of Matthew in chapter 2 applies this text from Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, applies it to the return from Egypt of Jesus and the Holy Family. And so in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, we read the fulfillment of this text from Hosea 11. Here's what Matthew says. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there till I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And so Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Isn't it marvelous and wonderful how God tells us, foretells, tells us in advance, prophesies, and then fulfills. Consider with me today the myriad ways in which Jesus fulfills the promises of God that we would have a Messiah, even that his name would be Jesus, and he would save his people from their sins. Thanks so
3: much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Suzy Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're
0: listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Suzy Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day.
1: You're listening to a special Lessons and Carols edition of Mornings with Carmen on this Friday before Christmas weekend.
0: When we consider the prophecies of the Old Testament that point like arrows to the incarnation of Jesus. Certainly, the prophecies of Isaiah are the ones that maybe come most readily to mind. And so let's look at a few of those as we are seeking to receive and understand how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah. So from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we read this. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Certainly, that is reflected in the very words of the New Testament where Mary is told by the angel Gabriel that that's exactly what's going to happen. We also hear in Isaiah chapter 8, he shall be for a sanctuary. He shall be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we remember what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, where he very directly uses this text and says that stone is Christ. Peter in that passage also quotes from Psalm 118 and Isaiah 28, which talk about the stone and the cornerstone. And so you can see throughout the New Testament, if you look for it, you can see where the Old Testament is directly quoted. And those are, more often than not, places where the New Testament writers are laying claim to what God has already said about the coming of the Christ. Maybe one of my favorite prophetic passages in the Old Testament comes from Isaiah chapter 9. My guess is this is one that you have heard every single Christmas. I want you to hear it anew today. By the way, these verses from Isaiah chapter 9, these were applied to the Messiah by the Aramaic people, Even in the days of the Hebrews, like these are texts that are very clearly understood among the Jewish people to be messianic text. And so sometimes you'll hear, oh, this is just Christians taking, you know, they're they're like finding Jesus all over the Old Testament. Well, this is a messianic text claimed by the Jews themselves. So Isaiah chapter nine, verses six and seven, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given. The government will rest upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When you consider the titles of Jesus, when you consider who Jesus is, when you consider just how wonderful he is and the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, when you consider the Mighty God, when you consider that Jesus is God, when you consider what Jesus says about himself being one with the Father, when you consider that Jesus is the very Prince of Peace who grants to us the peace which passes all understanding, peace, peace, I give to you, you can understand why in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, I see clearly the prophecy of the Messiah who has come in the person of Jesus. Isaiah 28, verse 16 would be another arrow you might want to look at today. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion, for a foundation, a stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not be moved. Again, in First Peter chapter 2, right, we hear the stone as Jesus Christ. We hear Peter acknowledging that Jesus is the cornerstone. Isaiah 53 um, and the other suffering servant texts in the book of Isaiah, in, in the prophecy of Isaiah... You would look, by the way, at like Isaiah 41, 44, 45, 48, 49, and then here in Isaiah 53. Lots of suffering servant texts or passages in the book of Isaiah. I'm just going to lift this one up as representative of the prophecies that Jesus fulfills in his coming. So this is Isaiah 53, 5, and you can read uh, about this fulfillment in Acts chapter 8. The prophet says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. The suffering servant certainly originally refers to the Jewish people suffering from the cruelties of the nations uh, under whom they lived in great oppression. And Jesus comes as the suffering servant to liberate not only Israel, but all of humankind. Do you receive Jesus who comes at Christmas As the one who also suffers to die. That's why he came. think of all of the ways in which Jesus fulfills the prophecies of God in the Old Testament, which one comes to mind for you? Is it a prophecy about the little town of Bethlehem? Is it a prophecy about the donkey? Is it a prophecy about the virgin birth? I want you to consider today how Jesus fulfills the promises of God, the one who comes as Emmanuel, God with us, to save God's people from their sins.
1: Carmen continues the special time of Lessons and Carols on Mornings with Carmen.
0: When we consider the Old Testament prophecies that point directly to Jesus, we're talking about them today as if they are arrows. So I want you to think about the ways in which God has been pointing to Jesus throughout all of human history, even from, as we said at the start of the hour, Genesis chapter 3. So from the very opening of what we know as the Bible, God has been pointing to the fullness of time when he would deliver a Savior. And so that's what's happening here on this Christmas Eve, and we're looking back at texts of Scripture in the Old Testament that point forward to the coming of Christ and then Christ's fulfillment of those prophecies. So that leads me to Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. When you think about a little town of Bethlehem, when you think about the place of Bethlehem and what took place in that place, you may not know that it's Micah, uh, the prophet Micah, who actually talks about Bethlehem. Ephrathath. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. John mentions it in his gospel. We certainly have testimony from both Matthew and Luke that the birth of Jesus took place in the town of Bethlehem, and we sing about it in our carols. So here's the text behind all of that. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, which art little among the thousands of Judah, out of thee shall one come forth That is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth is from of old, even from ancient of days. When you wonder why Jesus is called the ancient of days, when you wonder why there are questions about where the Messiah would be born. When we think about the star in the sky, the natal star that the wise men followed, we would look to the prophet Daniel for evidence of that. And yes, it would eventually come to rest over the little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem is described in three of the Gospels as the birthplace of Jesus. And the Gospel of Matthew describes Herod the Great as asking the chief priest directly, asking the scribes of Jerusalem, where is the Messiah to be born? And they respond by quoting this verse from Micah. So uh, they say the prophet wrote in Bethlehem, by no means, the least, Among the rulers of Judah, from you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That's Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. So when you are considering the birth of Christ, when you're considering the place of his birth, when you're considering the people who gathered there, the shepherds who were in those fields, do you know that the shepherds are in the fields because Bethlehem is the place where the descendants of David raised the lambs? that were understood to be worthy of sacrifice in the temple. That's what's going on. Only in Bethlehem, in the city of David, could the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world be born. And only could those shepherds who generation to generation to generation had been raising the lambs that were worthy of sacrifice, the lambs without blemish, only did those shepherds get to see and hear angels on high declaring the good news of great joy for all people, that in the city of David, born that night, would be the Savior of the world? What glory, what joy in the little town of Bethlehem.
1: Oh, little town. Of Bethlehem, how still we see thee light Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark streets shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in thee The glory of Christmas is the glory of Christ And the glory of Christmas
3: is the story of His love O holy child of
1: Bethlehem, descend to No ear he may hear his calling, but in this world of sin, the souls will receive him still, the dear
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com.
1: You're listening to a special Lessons and Carols edition of Mornings with Carmen on this Friday before Christmas weekend.
0: So throughout the Psalms, we have... So many passages that we could look at that bear witness to the coming of the Christ, passages that Jesus fills in who he is and what he does. And so if we were to start at Psalm 2 and then move to Psalm 22 and then maybe pick up in Psalm 110, we would be able to sort of range across the entire book of the Psalms or the Psalter and see here, God pointing, pointing at the coming of the Christ. So let me read some selected verses from Psalm 2, Psalm 22, and Psalm 110 to give us a sense of what the Psalter says about the coming of the Lord. Psalm 2, why do the nations conspire? Why do the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds, let us cast their cords from us, and he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord sees their derision. He will speak to them. He will terrify them with his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son, and today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession, You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So that passage from Psalm 2 is actually quoted by Luke, the author of the book of Acts, and it's quoted in the book of Hebrews. And in both places, it's interpreted as relating to Jesus. St. Augustine identifies in this passage from Psalm 2, identifies the nations that conspire and the people that plot in vain as the enemies of God. He actually likens them unto the same enemies who are described in Psalm 110. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. But before we get to Psalm 110, I want us to spend a little time in Psalm 22. If you're looking for one extended passage of Scripture that you could read that would absolutely express the fulfillment of the promises of God for a Messiah. Psalm 22 is an excellent place to spend some time today. You're going to hear at the opening of Psalm 22, um, you're going to hear a description, or you're going to hear the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. Some of the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And so recognizing what's in the remainder of the Psalm helps us understand the fullness of what Jesus had in mind upon the cross. Psalm 22. My God, my God. And not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for if he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me, they open wide their mouths like ravening, roaring lions. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint, my heart is like wax, melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, my tongue sticks to my jaws, you lay me in the dust of death. Like dogs, they encompass me. A company of evil doers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among themselves. And for my clothing, they have cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. You are my help. Come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him. He has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him. He has heard when he cried to him. To the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to coming generations. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Indeed, he has done it. Jesus is the Christ, the living Son of the living God, born to
2: save. Always had the sun's light on their face Perfect in glory Broken by the story of untold grace Come that day The majesty had come down Glory had succumbed down to flesh and bone In the arms of a manger hands of strangers that could not know just who they hold. And the angels filled the sky
0: throughout the Old Testament, we read prophecies that point to Jesus like arrows. So I encourage you to find some of them today. There are hundreds of them. As you consider uh, the wise men from the East, how did they know? Who told them about that natal star and the King of Kings to be born under it? Well, for there, you'd have to look to Daniel and, and his most faithful of lives. You can read the Psalms and other places there that point to Jesus and the prophecies of the literal prophets of old. Let me pull one more from the book of Zechariah that is actually directly referred to, again, in John chapter 12. Because John links this verse from Zechariah 9.9 to Jesus' triumphal entry to Jerusalem. And I think it's good on Christmas to connect this baby in the manger with the one who enters Jerusalem as king and then is crucified as savior. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you! He is coming to you, just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And in John chapter 12, verses 13 to 15 We read about Jesus' entry in Jerusalem, where they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him. And John says they began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel! Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat upon it, for it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. So many places throughout the New Testament where we see the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies in the person of Jesus My friends, receive today the one whom God has promised from the very beginning of time, even Christ the Lord, the one who comes at Christmas. Do you see him for who he is? Do you see all of the Old Testament evidence pointing like arrows to the person of Jesus? He comes as the fulfillment of God's good and great promise that we would be saved.
3: The promise was love and the promise
0: meant light to the
3: world living proof that Yahweh saves. for the name of the promise was Jesus the promise was love and the promise was life the promise meant light to the world living proof that Yahweh saves for the name of the promise was Jesus living proof that Yahweh name of the promise was Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBere. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.